0: Double Double L C I T
1: Y Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan?
0: Um Yeah, on top of the world, really, you know, after a solid weekend to to essentially round off a, a, a good campaign better than we anticipated, because um, you, you, noticing, looking at what you'd, you'd some of those comments, the clips from the beginning of the season, our predictions for how we were going to go, um, how wrong we were, but in the
1: best possible <laughs> way. In the best possible way, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, I was thinking it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on, so it's sort of, you know, uh, clinching automatic promotion and now clinching the title um, since since your last appearance. So um, a pretty good couple of weeks for City. And, I mean, look, you know, we can't, we can't understate how uh, significant or how impressive that title win is, first title in 55 years for City.
0: Yeah, I think um, I didn't realise – I mean, I didn't realise how long really it had been. Um, and when you put it in like in that context, there's you're talking probably the majority of city supporters would have never seen the the, mm. the club win a title. So it's um it's a great even if it's a, even if it is only League One, it's a great accomplishment to to clinch that title. Um, particularly with how how poorly last season finished, um, but now you know that's well and truly you know ancient history essentially. So we. Um, They've done. Ex- the boys have done exceedingly well this year. Defied, you know, expectations of of just about everyone. Um, so onwards and upwards.
1: Yeah, and look, I think that's the, that's the key thing that you've said there about defying uh, or, or you know sort of consigning last season to history. I think um, you know early in the season, I, I remember talking to Mike about what McCann had to do to win over the fans, and he sort of said, you know, well keep, we could go undefeated this season, and I think there'd be fans who don't. Um, get one over but i think the context in which we've gone up with that title um secured before the final day which you know can't be underestimated i sort of said last week to logan we haven't had a promotion in my time following city that hasn't been clinched on the final day or in the final minutes of of a season um or, or you know in the case of uh eight years ago this week um uh, yesterday, really, um, actually, after the final whistle, with uh, with the Leeds goal at Watford, kind of sending us up in uh, 2012, um, uh, or 2013. Sorry, um, you know, it, it's it's a remarkable achievement to have done it as early as we've done it, and to essentially do it so comfortably. I mean, I was I was literally just saying to you before we went to air that you know this week's episode, it's as much as it's a celebration of the season, and we talk about the weekend game, we'll talk about the Charlton game, but you know, traditionally we've been sort of focusing on on games elsewhere and, and what our uh, sort of rivals are doing, but it's a really weird feeling to, to not have any pressure whatsoever for this final game.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a welcome relief from from everyone um, to not be, we're not looking over our shoulders, we're not looking around to see what the chasing pack is doing and who's playing who, and none of those permutations matter anymore. So, um, but I think at the end of the day, that comes down to, you know, that the, the the hard work and the perseverance of, of, of the squad and the, and the team and being able to, to go out and, and keep performing at a high level. Now, I think I've, my, my catchphrase has almost been, you know, you're going to win, win games in pockets and it's four or five games at a time sort of thing. And if you do well, it doesn't matter if you drop a couple of points, but if you can put little pockets together, then you'll be successful. And, I mean, the, this little if pocket at the, the at the end season, of the season has <laughs> <laughs> been pretty
1: good. Um, to
0: what is it? We're now fourteen,
1: 14 undefeated. I think, yeah, twelve, and 12 wins our, and fourteen.
0: Yeah, yeah, something crazy. So, um, you know, I think, um, and I think even if we, you know, the records that we've set already with this, and and then I think if we beat having a beat Charlton, and then I think it's even there's more more records again which may tumble. Mm. So, mm. it's a um, a record-breaking season, um, and it's just going to be good to be
1: up in the championship again um, next season. So, yeah, and, and I think it's it. I think it was with yourself at the start of the season. I, I was sort of fixated on it. Was a comment from McCann about you know sometimes you have to take a step backwards to take a step forwards, and and at the time I was kind of frustrated with the spin on on the situation. But you know it does make uh, next season in the championship a more exciting one. Um, if we'd sort of sc- scrambled and stayed up by the skin of our teeth last season to, to sort of be playing uh, championship football again, um, we would have been essentially probably in another relegation fight and then who knows this season presumably again if we had managed to stay up. Whereas now there's that optimism heading into this championship season of actually... Where can we finish? And, you know, we'll sort of talk after the Wigan game perhaps on on where we do think we can finish next season. But it sort of paints next season in a, in a completely different context to to what it would have been if, if we'd sort of just struggled along in, in the championship.
0: Yeah, I think – and I guess the other aspect of that is by going down and the players that we brought in or, or um, you know, filtered into the team – I think, you know, King lewis Potter probably still would have done well if we were in the championship. Um, would he have got as much game? Maybe not. Maybe they would have tried to bring, a, you know, a more experienced player in to, to start. Um, you know, so I think it's certainly benefited him. You know, Jacob Greaves, undoubtedly. Mm. Like, if we're up in the championship, I don't see him starting what is Does all he... but one
1: game or something this year, like, he... or something. Like, yeah. he's... Played a ridiculous amount of football. uh, Well, since since he came into the team, yeah, I think he's only maybe missed one game. But um, because yeah, he was on loan at Cheltenham last season, I think in League Mm. Two with Sheaf. So you think the fact that um, you know, yeah, presumably he would have had had a loan spell in League (laughs) One this season, Mm. and if we'd stayed up, and then who knows? I mean, either he has a he has an okay season, uh, and perhaps then comes into the team, or or we end up loaning him out, or selling him, or or, Mm. or not renewing his contract, or something like that. So. Yeah, a lot of sliding doors on um on the way the season went. And, you know, you know, in a perfect world you're not spending a season in League One, but there's a there's a lot of positives to come out of the experience. And, you know, shout out to shout out to Cam who we've got watching along, saying glad I could catch this one. We are the champs. Absolutely. And I've got to say, my biggest disappointment from um the city the city coverage of the uh, celebrations should have been fantastic. I haven't yet seen Honeyman belting out We Are the Champions to, to sort of tie into his new Freddie Mercury persona, but maybe that's still to come. Mm, I think
0: it's just on the that, it's a little bit ironic that the game against Wigan was the no no social media um, one. So yeah, during the game, there's tough. no social media and, you know, it's the game that defined, you know, we become champions and so there's moments that these score surely... The city's like Twitter account, dude, is just sitting there going, Can I come on? Just yeah. let me. I just yeah. I gotta, yeah. Um, yeah. So, just
1: yeah, I don't know. But, um, well, sorry, yeah, yeah. anyway. Oh. I was going to just say, Well, we're talking, we can talk about the weekend game now. Um, since we're sort of starting to talk about it, and uh, did score a couple of goals in that one, um, three goals, in fact, for KLP. Uh, Honeyman and Magennis, and I think the goals for Honeyman, uh, sorry, the goals for Magennis and KLP took our front three—I uh, wouldn't well, we call it a partnership, a front three scoring group—to uh, fifty goals for the season, which um, is quite an achievement. To have th- fifty goals scored between three players is uh, quite an impressive feat.
0: Yeah, that's um, that. There, uh, I think we've sort of we've touched on over the last few weeks, I guess, particularly with Magennis and Wilkes being so close to twenty goals, and and seeing whether we would. We would be able to get anyone to that twenty-goal mark. You know, the the fanciful proposition of having two players reach the twenty-goal mark. Um, but you know, the, I think we've touched on that. Three three players above ten is like a is mm-hmm. a really good achievement in itself. Um, and to have that at fifty goals between the three of them is is amazing. I think that puts us in, you know, those players. I guess, you know, we've seen that League One form doesn't necessarily mean that much in the championship with Eves, Um, (laughs) but um, I would hope that like this opportunity that they've come down and they've spent the whole season together and building building on that form and combinations and everything that if that that front three steps into the championship as it is next season, that I think they'll still be, they'll be a very dangerous proposition. They each have some really key attributes Um, that make
1: them individually really dangerous, but dangerous as a group. And I think that's the key as well, that Eves obviously was coming into a new side, signing with us from Gillingham, but these three have played almost the entire season together as our front three. You know, Adelican and uh, White and uh, Eves have had spells in amongst breaking up that front three, Crowley as well. But these three have been essentially our, our first choice front three. So it means that, you know, yes, it's a step up to the championship, but I think it means that they're, as best suited as they can be. And, of course, remembering that, look, that all three of them really were our front three last season in the Championship as well. So so they do have that experience in the Championship. It's not a new league for them um, um, to, to go into. Yeah, I think I'm um, I, I
0: quietly are optimistic about, I mean, if we keep a hold of all three, um, because that's always the danger, three high-scoring or forwards moving up a division that someone might come and try and poach them, um, but if we can hold on to to the three of them, um, then I think we will. Um, we should do pretty well next season.
1: And of course, the third of the three who didn't score did have a fantastic assist, which was just about my my moment of the match. Was that fantastic back heel from from Wilkes for Honeyman? Um, it was interesting because obviously Wigan scored just after after the Lewis Potter goal, and you sort of think, oh, you know, have we? We've sort of gone a bit early there celebrating the championship and uh and then their Wigan scored and you know we could still stuff this up. We are City after all. Um but then Wilkes with a fantastic back heel for for Honeyman who just you know slams it into the, the back back of the net. Yeah, I think um <clears throat>
0: what I don't know how Lewis Potter scores so many headed goals. He's yeah. like, it's like like when i watch the mariners and nisbet is getting in there getting winning all these headers and he's four foot nothing um but um no it's it's crazy like another really good goal from lewis potter like just good smart movement and attacking that ball in the box and and just you know more desire than the defender that was much larger than him and was in front position for the ball originally um the wilks the back heel was just some summed up the situation perfectly he he took it in he, and then he sort of dragged it back towards the middle and saw the run coming and dragged in the second defender for just long enough and timed that that back heel perfectly and placed it perfectly so that all um honeymoon had to do was lash it home and straight through um keep his legs i think so it's just
1: i don't think he was stopping it it was it was a bit of a rocket low and hard it was brilliant and, and you know, look, and it was great because results elsewhere were going our way. Uh, Rochdale were losing, so it meant that Wigan didn't have to push too hard. It was funny. I think it was um, as injury time started at the end of the game, the, the Wigan keeper had the ball at his feet. And for a moment, I honestly thought... He was just going to have the ball at his feet for the full, full four minutes, and both sides were just going to happily let him do that. Because honestly, it, it was that sort of situation where we didn't need to score any more goals. Wigan was safe. Uh, there was nothing. Uh, there was nothing to risk in the game in those final few minutes. And it, it is always good when um, when the final whistle goes and both teams are able to celebrate the result.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's it's good. Yeah, I think you're right. That it's, it's nice when games can be that. A game that mat- that matters so much to both teams ended up in, um, you know, with with positive res- positive, uh, I guess implications. Or it, yeah. yeah, implications for or for both teams. Even though we, you know, had a winner, winner and a loser. Um, it's, Wigan involved again, like last year. Our big the big it's moment from last yeah. year was yeah. like was was Wigan doing us over big time, and then um, we sort of I guess we got a bit of revenge for that one earlier in the year, but. We did put eight um,
1: past them this season, I guess on aggregate,
0: which oh. was uh, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just in, yeah, interesting the way that we, the the it all sort of falls together that it's Wigan again that we um, come up against, um, and and
1: it's one. Nigel it's Nigel Adkins when we get to lift the trophy, which is um, kind of fitting as well.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, again, just weird little um, moments that it. I think um, I think that'll be nice because Adkins is. He seems like a genuinely good guy, and he'll be genuinely happy for for the players and for the club to to finally to to lift the lift the trophy and get out of League One and and to have had some success. Because I thought I th- he'd he'd done a really good job with
1: us while he was here. I was actually quite sad to see him him go. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll give my three to one, and we we do have a few other topics. Um, we've got a question in the chat, which is actually one of the topics that um, I wanted to t- touch on. So, well, uh, I'll give my three to one, and we can move on to that um, after this. Um, so, I've, I've gone Wilkes for my three, which I think is a little bit of a bit of a left field one. I think um, the assist for Honeyman, which is sort of the game was in the balance at that point, and as you said, he sort of summed up the situation, and it was a perfectly weighted back heel for Honeyman, and um, I thought. The last few weeks, he's potentially, you know, he's not scored as many goals as he has earlier in the season, but his assists for Magenis, um, his assists for Honeyman on this occasion as well. He's, he's really showing a more selfless side to his game, which I know for a lot of the season, a big criticism of his was his selfishness and his, his sort of, um, tendency to, to shoot on sight almost. Um, so sort of reward for effort for me is, is I'm giving Wilkes that three votes. Um, Honeyman for the two. I think, you know, um, we are going to announce our player of the season, um, Probably next week's episode, wrapping up the uh, Charlton game. But I think it's all but a formality at this stage that Honeyman's just been in the votes just about every week. Um, has, has has had a fantastic season and very well deserving of uh, you know EFL Midfielder of the Year. I think he got, which was um, great to see. And then Magennis for the one. I thought Magennis another fantastic game and, and really uh, one of those players who's just had a sort of renaissance in the in the League One campaign. Yeah, look, I, I don't even know if I can argue with you this week. Sometimes
0: I try, but um, <laughs> I, I from from what I remember and from re-watching the highlights just before we came on, um, Wilkes was involved in plenty, you know. Um, the, the back heel for Honeyman is – it was, was sumptuous. Um, some really nice crosses and stuff as well. So I think he, he did a lot and he probably – and deserved that. Um, Honeyman is just eternally busy. I don't – I – I, I – cannot comprehend how he manages to run so much and do so much and make good decisions so frequently because after 10 minutes in a game, I'm making poor decisions because I'm tired. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I Yeah. And I think it, it's almost a flip of, I guess the one point would be a flip of a coin to me for Magenis or KLP. I really, cause KLP, I think early on put a brilliant low and hard cross in for Magenis, which he put wide, which I'm pretty sure came off a defender. Um, but yeah, and then so I might, I might just just to continue the trend, I'll, I'll disagree with you. I'll go KLP for one.
1: <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Now, we did have a question from Cam, which does sort of bring us on to our next topic, which was you know, speaking of strikers in the championship, we're probably going to replace Eves, but who with? Um, and we did see the story or the the, the, the reporting of a tweet from um I think it's Alan Nixon from he's from the sun, which I know is is a sort of a, uh, not a very reputable paper, but at the best of times, but he, he is a reasonably reputable journalist himself um, sort of reporting on the fact that we've done a, a lot of scouting of Dean Charles at uh, Accrington Stanley. Uh, I think 19 or 20 goals for the season for him. Now he's 25 and, you know, sort of most attractively is out of contract. So it'd be a free transfer. Now, it's funny, we're sort of talking about a replacement for Eves. It would be a very sort of similar way to how we picked up Eves, which was also as a free transfer. Uh, and we did just sort of spend the first few minutes of the podcast talking about how it's great that our front three have spent this season playing together. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've really I've seen a couple of highlights of the guy. He's scored some tap-ins. He's scored some longer-range goals. He's been, you know, opportunistic. He's, he's created a lot of chances. All the sorts of things that you'd want to see in a striker. But, you know, as we'll say, as we've said before, It is League One, whether the the quality translates to the championship, I'm not so sure. But look, if it's a free transfer, if we're able to get to the front of the queue and sign him, not a huge risk and and a reasonable reward if it pays off.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't actually been paying too much attention to transfer members for once. Um, I've been too busy (laughs) at work, too busy with work. Um, But yeah, look, it'd be worth a punt for sure. Um, I guess the other question which you guys probably did you talk about this last week about which loan players you would yeah. so perhaps like you've always got the option of gavin white you know trying yeah. to to bring him um in on a permanent um, yeah look i've been a long
1: proponent of saying actually we're, we're better off and this was sort of before the um, magenis started to really hit his stride but i was a big proponent of saying well why don't we just play with that front three of white mm. uh Wilkes and klp and have that sort of smaller more fluid front three rather than having a targetsman
0: Um, which, yeah, look, for for patch of this, there was a section of the season where that was our go-to and that was the Mm. thing that was working. But um, whatever happened, Maginus, did he go, he must have gone away for internationals or something. Yeah, actually, that's probably what it was. (laughs) That might have been what it was. He went away and then he came back and he's just been a man possessed. He's um, been outstanding in this back section of the the season. So, um, yeah, not really sure. I guess I think I wouldn't really want to pay a lot of, Money for for anyone who's coming from League One up, um, because there are there's a couple of is it uh, who's the one the Johnson Clark, Clark Harris uh, Clark
1: Harris yeah yeah yeah
0: there's another he scored a hat load of goals but he's probably going to cost a cost a Mozart, and I don't really think he's it's not worth it if he's coming from League One up to Championship where um maybe not tested so much yeah so
1: um. <sighs>
0: Not and the other sure one would at would- like,
1: like Sunderland, but um, but but uh, again, as you say, it's 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 that fee, and I think I think especially looking at a club like Sunderland with their new billionaire owner, um, I don't think they're going to let any of their players go on the cheap. So I think I think you're right that, and I think you no, know, and it's sort of a broader conversation. It is going to be a really interesting transfer window, uh, with the effects of COVID really being felt by a lot of Championship clubs, and whether we see any sorts of. 10, 12 million pound fees paid for players. I think even the clubs dropping down from the Premier League will probably hang on to their money just to retain the squad that they've got rather than going out and splashing cash on uh, on sort of the... Uh, Armstrong and Blackburn's probably one that could get picked up by a bigger club, but that could be a Premier League club. So mm. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting summer from a transfer perspective in terms of whether we're actually almost... Uh, Almost the most flush with cash, in the sense that you know we've got that Bowen money that's that's still coming in from West Ham. I don't know if we've still got money coming in from the Maguire sale as well, but um, we've got. We've, you know, we're not we're not in a position that a lot of clubs are in of, of these sorts of heavy losses from um, from COVID.
0: Yeah, I think um, it is an interesting conversation. And oh, why does this? All, I had something in my head, and now it's gone. Um, Oh, that's what I was thinking. What I was wondering about, um, say like Coon who got recalled from his loan yeah. spell with us this year, is
1: I don't do you even know think he's playing much. Yeah.
0: Mm. So, like someone like that, who's been in the squad and shown that he f- gelled fairly well and was mm. um pretty dangerous sort of a player, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, if he, as long as he enjoyed his time there and he seemed to be going okay and getting game time, then perhaps there's even the opportunity, the potential to approach someone like that to see if they'd be willing to come back on the permanent
1: if they, because yeah, he got recalled because someone got injured or something, but. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the interesting one with him and also with white talking about the step up to championship level is of course that white has struggled quite a bit at Cardiff. um, And it was one of the reasons that we were able to get him on loan. Um, So there is always that point that there's a reason that, Guys like Adelican and White were being yeah. loaned out to us in the first place. So the other opportunity, of course, is to look even higher and, and try and get a, a Premier League player in on loan um, and then sort of do what we've done last season with well, this current season with a championship player and instead do it with a, a young Premier League player. You know, we were just mm-hmm. talking in our in our chat a couple of hours ago about Harry Wilson, uh, obviously not. Not suggesting we'd be able to get him, but, you know, we, a couple of years ago, we, we sort of plucked him out of Liverpool um, and he had a fantastic second half of the season for us. So whether we find an equivalent sort of youngster at, at a Chelsea or a, or a Liverpool or an Arsenal um, and take them on loan, um, is another option and it's another reasonably cheapish option.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess I guess because we've been down in League One, it's something I didn't even actually like. Didn't even cross my <laughs> mind that we could we could, we would even like be able to approach Premier League players as and or Premier League teams, sorry, and be be taken seriously. So, I forgot. Yeah, we'll be in the Championship next year. So, yes, that's certainly an, an avenue that I think actually I really like to see explored because I think we've had. I mean, we've certainly had some some misses, but I think we've had quite a few good players that we've that we've borrowed um, or had on loan from some of those Premier League clubs. I think particularly Arsenal, we've had quite a few decent
1: um, kids come through, um, come and online even, from Arsenal. So. And even Regan Slater this season from Chef United, um, I, I guess it's essentially, it's funny because you sort of <laughs> think Chef United are a championship club now, but that it was a Premier League club mm-hmm. when, we, um, when we got him on loan and, and he's, had a, he's had a very strong second half of the season. I think he was one first half of the season that we probably looked at as a miss um, and he's really turned that around. Yeah, I
0: think um he he's another one that just really grabbed that opportunity that was given to him with Smallwood's injury and um I think he, he surprised us. I remember that first game and we were like, Oh, I'm not sure how this is gonna go with mm. um with, with Slater in there, but he just threw everything he had at that game and, and really impressed and then it sort of became a oh well can he can he back that performance up and he
1: did and he did
0: it again and again and again. So
1: and look I think on the weekend it was the, it was probably the starkest illustration of it because Smallwood actually started the game against Wigan in place of Slater and then Slater came on and we actually looked better with Slater on than Smallwood it was it was the starkest sort of comparison of the two and and Slater came out on top
0: Yeah I, to be honest like I'm I guess like he is club captain and and all of that but I'm actually unsure like why mm. we why we bothered like not that he doesn't deserve uh, yeah. but like I sort of am like, he's just, he had a, you know, decent sort of an injury and there's two games left in the season. Maybe they're not like, they they obviously, they didn't rush him back, but like if, what what is the real benefit in the, in to bring him back for two, one or two games when you could essentially just be like, dude, just, just rest. I, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I wonder if part of it was probably him saying something like, you know, he just, he wanted to be part of the promotion yeah. effort or, um, Which is also an interesting reason that I was surprised that Burke hasn't been thrown back into the side in the recent weeks because I think, you know, being essentially our longer-serving player now, you'd think he'd – and maybe, look, he might get a run out against Charlton um, on the weekend, which we'll talk about in a second about, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, sort of romantic sort of team selections that we could make for that game. Um, uh, Yeah, look, so maybe that's the reason. And and I think there's probably now a question for Smallwood on on next season on – what his place in the squad looks like, whether he's sort of there for the uh, the character in the dressing room, maybe, but I don't quite know if he'll he'll sort of still be in that first eleven spot in the uh, in the championship. He, d- he did have a fantastic first half of the season. We can't can't forget that too quickly. But you know, you look at Honeyman and he almost seems the more natural uh, heir apparent, I guess you'd say, for the captaincy. Him, him or Coyle, really. I mean, we've got mm. a couple of really good options on the field as potential captains now.
0: Yeah, I think it's – and I think that's been what's essentially has made – what has developed within our team has made us so strong and so successful throughout the season is that we weren't maybe perhaps early on it was sort of one or two voices but slowly built and, and with more experience and everything that we have quite a few really vocal players and, and strong leaders within the squad. I think you see – like, Magenis is, is insane. I mm. watch every time – ingram makes a save like off a corner magenis is there congratulating him every time like whatever anyone scores a goal magenis is straight over there to congratulate and they're the sort of like characters and leaders that you need to really like drive your team forward and so between him and like honeyman smallwood coil there's you got four or five really big voices um which I think is, is is crucial to, especially the development of some of those younger players like KLP, but just like generally in in making you a successful team.
1: Yeah, no, d- absolutely. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what the squad looks like uh, next season. In that sense, um, speaking on the whole for next season, then just getting a very rough, very early sort of sense of things from you. Where 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 do you see what do you see next season looking like? Do you see next season as just being about Consolidating a place in the championship, do you see it as the potential sort of tilt for the top half or playoffs? Uh, Do you see it as a tilt for the automatic spots, or 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 what's your sort of optimism or or caution coming into it?
0: Um, I'd like to think that we'd have a good crack at it. Um, I don't know about automatics. I'm sort of it's probably going to be very similar predictions to what I said for this year, and hopefully it can be proved (laughs) equally as wrong. Yeah. Um, Look, I think. I think automatics, you know, again, will be will be sort of beyond what we'll be able to achieve. But I actually see no reason. I feel more optimistic now about, like, the squad, having seen what they can do. I, I don't really feel like – I feel for the, a lot of the season, it felt like we were sort of playing against teams that were a league below us. Yeah, It really felt like there was lots of games where we absolutely dominated um, and played really, really high-quality football. Um, against teams that were essentially playing route one or like counter football, so um, I think I think we'll go really well next year. And I, um, my most pessimistic view is realist is like a mid table, sort of like lower mid table finish. Honestly, that's my most pessimistic prediction for next yeah. season. And my and my optimist optimist. In me is saying that I think we can push for playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you look at sides like um, Barnsley, for instance, who are now in the playoffs in the Championship. You look at um, other sides in that in the in the Championship who've really pushed on, and and you look at sides like Derby and Chef Wednesday who potentially drop out of that championship. That championship. Um, I think the sides coming down. Yes, I think Fulham and West Brom. Could be quite dangerous sides and and are probably going to enter the season as favorites to go straight back up i think if bournemouth don't go up there another interesting one though i don't know how much they're going to have to shed in terms of wages um but i look at chef united for instance and i don't necessarily see them as you know the, the kind of mammoth premier league's fallen side that they that some of some sides could look like um upon relegation so i think it'll be a very even season next season um and, and as you say I think there's no reason that we can't at least be aiming for mid-table. I think, I think it, it's easy to forget that before Bowen and Grzycki left, we were one point off the playoffs with, broadly speaking, um, the squad that we have now. Uh, or oh, sorry, I'd say even a weaker squad than we have now. You know, we had, we had Lehi at right back. Who, you know, no disrespect to him, but he, he was he was fine, but he wasn't an outstanding sort of fullback that we've lost. We've now got Coyle and um, Emmanuel as, as sort of depth. You know, we we brought in Wilkes, who had an, easy, an okay end to the season in the championship, but he's certainly developed as a player. We've got KLP, who's developed as a player. We've got Magennis, who's now in the form of his life, which, yes, you know, he might not bag as many goals in the cha- in the championship, but um, he, he's kind of coming in with the best possible form for that opportunity. We've got Honeyman, who, who's suddenly developing um, into a fantastic player for us. And I think, I've sort of said a few times, I think a lot of how we go next season will hinge on his ability to take that step up to the championship and and to continue to perform at this sort of level that we've come to expect from him. Um, The big one for me as well, I mean, I was listening to an interview just before with Greg Doherty sort of saying that Grant McCann had been sort of in his ear or talking to him before the championship season even finished. And um, part of the reason he was sort of convinced to join City was that McCann was sort of indicating he was a player that he wanted in the championship. And there was that sense that, Yes, we've dropped to League One, but even if we're able to get promotion back to the Championship, Doherty is still sort of one of the first names on the team sheet. So, look, there's there's and yeah, Alfie Jones is another one. You know, there's there's these good quality players that we've now brought into the side that I think actually makes us in some ways a much stronger side than our last Championship season.
0: Yeah, and I think I guess the only other thing that all this hinges on is is what acquisitions or consolidations we make in the in that transfer season because Alfie Jones is on a it's just a one-year one, deal,
1: isn't it? It's it's a one-year deal with the option for a second. But I'd, I'd certainly oh, hope that, I'd hope that we sign him to like a two or three-year deal now.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be absolutely confident in renegotiating that as a as a long-term deal and not just taking the option. Um, you know, I guess you see you see who wants to depart. I think there's some rumors circling about Long um, mm. going elsewhere, perhaps in search of first-team football. Now that Ingram's firmly established himself as the number one here. Um, but, again, who knows what happens um, over the off-season because it seemed like at the beginning of the year yep. um, that they were both just given – they got, got their opportunities and it was whoever impressed at the time. And you would essentially hope that the same is done again next next year, that Long and Ingram get the chance to, to fight it out and prove themselves in, in pre-season. And um, if it is Long, if he does decide to go elsewhere, then – Good luck to him. We'll find someone else.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um,
0: but I think I think you're right in terms of the general um, quality in the squad. That you know, I don't who who was that? who were in our midfield last last season. I can't even remember. Um,
1: uh, well, it would have been like Irvine, uh, oh, Stewart, yeah. and Honeyman yeah. for bits. But then um, I'm probably forgetting a really obvious name here. There's probably oh, well, Lopez as well. Oh. Um, Um, a few guys like that but uh, yeah like it it was it was fine but it wasn't it wasn't as it didn't feel as dynamic as it does now Mm.
0: I yeah I think um, Doherty's a very very smart was a very smart acquisition he has proven himself and actually just like improved and improved and improved he was really good at the beginning of the season and he's like just a whole on a whole other level now like with his work rate and the things that he's Um, managing to do just his involvement within the squad now I guess he's just figured out how best he can help the team within a game so I think um, I I see no reason I have no hesitation in saying that he will step up to the championship and manage that fine he um, just seems like he's
1: you know he's a tough dude and he'll just he'll he'll manage it um and, he, and he's one of those guys he's got the engine as well which i think mm. it's the same as Honeyman now as well they've both got that sort of engine where even if um you know it, it's not as if they're going to step up and and the speed of the championship or intensity is going to sort of overwhelm mm. them because i think they've got the 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 ability to sort of push through push through games
0: yeah um they certainly do i guess the only that question mark which I, you sort of mentioned earlier is in that holding midfielder Mm. Um, whether we uh, – are we going to try and you know get Slater back on a opponent? Because I think he'd be a player who would probably actually would, would relish the opportunity to go again um, in the championship and play regular, and I think he offers a little bit more of that dynamic, um, really uh, like that engine, hardworking engine than Smallwood, even though Smallwood does a really good job. Um, I think Slater would probably offer us a little bit more in the championship, um, but if not them, um, I we'll think. Go that you, might, James, you can
1: slot back in there as well.
0: That that's true as well. Um, maybe we don't need to strengthen there at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I guess. Then yeah, it becomes a somewhere somewhere in that centre half or centre mid is pro, is yeah, probably yeah. the main sort of spot that needs. Probably, like, just one, one or two. We only really need one or two smart signings, probably a forward and then someone in that defensive zone. And you just about don't have to worry much else. I think we've got
1: a really solid squad. Yeah, and, and sometimes I think not making acquisitions is actually better because you upset the the harmony of the squad if you do that. I mean, I remember in the second Premier League campaign, I think it was McShane who came out and sort of half-jokingly was saying, you know, he hoped that there wasn't any new faces coming through the doors anymore because we were just signing a player every couple of days and we brought in, you know, Dawson and Maguire as centre-backs and all of a sudden, you know, you go from having three or four, you know, fit, you know, first-team centre-backs to having like five or six and all of a sudden the players are going, well, hang on, I've just lost my spot in the team. You know, George guys like George Boyd and Stephen Quinn, who were sort of heart and soul of that side, were getting pushed to the side. And I think um, there's a lot to say about kind of keeping that squad harmony going. And we've got such a solid core of the squad. Now I, I don't see the need to make four, five, six sort of signings. And, you know, I'm talking about comments from the preseason. I, one of my big ones was about the revolving door of players and and not having that sort of solid core and solid squad. And, I think we finally got that. We've got a squad that we can really sort of be proud of and and get behind. Um, We don't need to overhaul it. Yeah, and I I think it's one of my –
0: the peeves of the alums is that contractual nightmare that they end up leaving where we will have a bunch of players all come off contract at the same time and negotiations are done poorly. So I – I think we've talked about it earlier in this in the season, but I've forgotten. And I, but hopefully we're in not too bad a position coming to the end of the season that there's no yeah. not too
1: many crucial players that are coming off contract. I think there's a, I think there's only five, and one of them's long, so it's you know essentially four. It's it's I think it's um Burke. Uh, oh, I still made it last week. It was Burke, Jones, Clark, obviously, and maybe Magennis. And, that, and I think we've got options for all of them that we, you know, worst case scenario, we extend for a year sort of thing.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, that's, and yeah, that's a, a good situation to be in and tying in, yeah, just following on from your comments about, you know, that squad unity and keeping and that cohesion and keeping the squad together. So I think, um, yeah, I think all of these points are going to hopefully work in our favor next season.
1: And, yeah. and this and this weekend well uh, it's a good segue I was about to say well let's finish off then just with a quick uh quick roundup for the weekend uh, not a whole lot riding on this game so not a whole lot to say on it uh sort of already said you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be really great to be able to lift the trophy Adkins will be there I'm sure he'll have um, some really nice things to say to the squad he, he'd know I want to say maybe half of them a, a fair chunk of them um, from his time at the club um, so there's still that connection there which is great Um a few names that I had even I'd, I'd even forgotten about. I think Mike was talking about today. I'd forgotten Jordan Flores was was mm. a football player in our in our club. Um, well, he certainly like, played
0: for about forty minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, we signed him, and it was sort of it was an okay signing at the time. But it was it's just been completely forgotten about. But you know, guys like him, Max Clark, of course, giving him sort of that you know um, that game for his hometown club in our promotion season. I uh, don't know if he'll be back next season, but. Um, would be great to see him get a run out. Um, but Burke back in the lineup, sort of for that send off for, for the League One campaign as well. Um, you know whether we give, we, whether we do rotate and sort of get a look at those players that we're sort of umming and aring about re-signing or or giving a contract to and um seeing how they go um in in one final game perhaps.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I guess it's going to be up to. It'll be an interesting conversation between, you know, McCann and the players about how they want to approach this final game. Do they do the guys who have done the job all season want to, are they willing to, I guess, take a step back and let everyone else have that final run out? Do they get to savor that last game on the sideline, or do they want to be out there in amongst it? And I dare say quite a few of them will want to be in amongst it, um, but yeah, I think there certainly is. Um, now that it's wrapped up, there's no pressure on this game. Um, I'm sure Wilkes just...
1: and um, Wilkes and Magennis will both be eyeing off the 20 goals. I reckon.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'd have to win about five 0 I think, though, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. well, well, we'd well, have to score about five goals. Sorry.
1: Well, so hang on. So how many? How many is on? I thought, I thought they were both on 18 or 19. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought. We'll they, I thought they were both on. Yeah, I'll have a look. Um, but yeah, look if they if, if they're both on nineteen, I reckon they might both want to um give it a crack.
0: Oh, uh, McInnes is on seventeen, but oh, I don't know okay. if that's any cup. M- M- Wilkes, it's got Wilkes' is twenty two, but there's few in this. So that, yeah, that'd be yeah, a cup as well. I think cup, cup games. So, um, so Magennis needs yeah a couple.
1: Um, oh, must yeah, Magennis must, yeah, must be must be um nineteen in all competitions. Maybe yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at he's nineteen in all competitions. He's on eighteen in the league. Wilkes is on nineteen in the league. Okay, so
0: so they, could, they could both get there in a, in a 3-0 win. They could. Um, that wouldn't that be an end to the season? Have two players <laughs> yeah. crack the twenty goal. Um, but I, I think there's an argument to be made that to to give some of these guys a run out and to experience, I guess, to to feel maybe like they actually are a part of this yeah. this this uh, like this champion ship run in it's yeah, say yeah. championship when we're going up to the championship yeah um but yeah i think um you know it'd be i wouldn't even mind i guess you know emmanuel is another one who's yeah, not played. Channel. he played quite a lot in the first half of the season while Coyle was injured and suspended whatever and then he's um he just sort of dropped i don't even like I think we were he's, like, he's yeah.
1: come on a couple of times, but yeah, he hasn't yeah. had huge involvement in games.
0: It was just really interesting because I remember, like, it was, we were like, oh yeah, manual, manual, manual. And then one day it was just like coil starting. And we were like, what? And then every, like, forever yeah. since then, it's just been coil starts. And it sort of came out of nowhere, but um, I guess McCann saw something, saw something in, in, in and, what was going on and picked it sort of right
1: yeah it felt like one of those ones where it was a really hard decision to make and then it was basically uh well i'll pick coil and then we kept winning so i'll keep picking (laughs) coil and then it was it was like well i can't drop him now like he's he's it it was the same logic that was that was giving emmanuel plays which was well he's in on merit uh can't drop him just for the sake of it and then coil was in on merit and he couldn't just drop him for the sake of it you know, if we'd had a real bad lull in form, it was it was you know similar with Long who came into goal for, for Ingram for a patch as well. But you know, if there'd been a lull in form again, I suspect that Emmanuel might have gotten a chance again um, at some point. I know we were sort of experimenting with him up forward, so who knows? Maybe he'll convert him into a, another backup winger next season. Maybe um, he's got the skills and the power to do it. So
0: um, yeah, I guess um, yeah, bring. I, it would be nice. No, it would really be nice to see Max Clark get a. Get, mm. get a game, their homecoming, and all that um, would would be nice to see. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Even I wouldn't even be opposed to throwing in some of the younger kids as well, or or, yeah. off, or off the bench or something, just like to Callum Jones,
1: who got a couple of looks in start of the season, but has sort of faded out of it.
0: So um, yeah, don't know. It'd be an interesting one, but I think um, I don't know. Well, I... I actually, I think we'll win again, and we'll just and we'll set some more records, and um, be a good end of the season. And you know, fingers I kind of crossed his, that Callum yeah, Elder gets a look in for the Socceroos in a month. Yeah, or so.
1: that that will be a very interesting one to look out for. Um, you know, got, he did get defensive player of leg one, so he he's he's picked up a couple of plaudits himself as well. Got in the team of the season as well. So, um, will be very interesting to see if he can work his way into the Socceroos squad for sure. Um. I was just going to say, I, you know, I almost, I almost kind of don't want to win because I think if Adkins can get the win for Charlton, it puts them in the playoff places. Um, and I do, I do have that big soft spot for Adkins, so I'd, I'd almost, I'd feel bad if we win the game when it doesn't mean any. You know, you think back to previous seasons like that, like the game we were talking about, the Charlton game against the uh, C- Cardiff game against us um, for promotion back in twenty thirteen, where they were up, they secured promotion, and they. Went one nil up, and I'm just sitting there thinking, "Why are you trying? You don't, it doesn't matter for you. Just let us win for our sake." You know, it's very frustrating being on the other side of it. So, I, I you know, I, I'd love to win. I'd love to set a few more records. I'd love to see Wilkes and Magennis get to 20 goals. But if we were to lose, I don't think so I'd be too. So
0: odd. we're aiming for a five four loss then.
1: Yeah, look, you know, <laughs> at, knowing Adkins, we're talking about when Wilson was in the side, and we we had those five five draw and the five four win over Norwich, and those sorts of crazy games. Um which I, I think that was under Adkins it wasn't under um Satsuki. um you know you never know it could be yeah it could be a five four sort of loss it would be a pretty crazy end of the season
0: it would and we'd we'd still get to set some records charlton would get reach, potentially reach the playoffs and we'd still finish jam- uh like champions so yeah, yeah um maybe that's the perfect end of the season could be the with... perfect end <laughs> of the season magennis needs uh two two so two from magennis, another one from Wilkes. And then pff, whoever wants the third one, the fourth yeah. one, sorry.
1: Probably Honeyman or someone. Yeah. Or do we
0: just, or I mean, why are we greedy?
1: Just go with a 4-3, we'll get the same result, won't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, hoping, hoping for a 4-3 in that one. Um, and look, it's going to be a great end to the season regardless. So thank you for joining me this week, Dan. Not a problem. It's a, it's a pleasure to come on when we've been crowned champions. absolutely and look we're looking forward to we'll do a full season review probably next week uh or, or else the week after just depending on you know it'd be great if we can get a couple of the guys on to round up the season um we'll of course crown our player of the season um at the same time we've been doing our three two ones each week as well so be sure to tune in for that one but until then um got one game to go come on city you've been listening to the official hull city australia podcast for more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group, or follow us on Twitter, at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back